Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last week we talked about, uh, oh, let me just say this, and I, I know that y'all that has been here for a long time, I know that you probably get sick of hearing this and everything. You think, oh, we know, Kevin, we know, and everything like that. But, but seriously, um, I heard one time that many of today's biggest companies, the people that are in charge, the CEOs, are no longer calling themselves CEOs. They're calling themselves CROs, Chief Repeating Officers, because you just have to repeat yourself over and over and over. And one of the things that we preach here over and over and over is that you can smile. You can have fun. If this is your first time here today, smile. This is not a funeral service. You know, we're not going to come by the empty, by the tomb and see Jesus. Why? Because he's not there. He's alive. So I don't know why in the world anybody would want to have a church service. It was more like a funeral service because this is a celebration and we're here to worship him. So go ahead, Ken, get them started. Clap. Yeah, there you go. Ken was over there like. That's for God, man. That's for God. So uh, last week we talked about spiritual collection, okay? Uh, and I'm not talking about a collection as far as passing the offering plate. I'm talking about getting yourself ready. Because how many times do we, is it hard to hear from God? I mean, when you collect a horse, you bring it up together kind of like an NFL linebacker where he doesn't know if he's going to go forward, he doesn't know if he's going to drop back, he doesn't know if he's going to go left or right or anything like that. Are you spiritually prepared to do that? If God says, come on, man, come this way, can you go that way right then? Or are we more like, huh? Well, we've got to get our, ourselves spiritually collected. And last week we studied James chapter uh, 1, verse 19, where it says, listen to this, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. If you want to get yourself spiritually collected, man, I guarantee you, if you're mad, running your mouth, and not listening, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that you're probably not going to hear what God is telling you to do, okay? I mean, it really isn't. It's not a hard concept. And today we are going to continue on with this concept of spiritual collection. Now, last week um, I, I talked a lot about how Sean had said that he wanted to write a book called 101 Benefits of Disengaging the Hindquarters, and I was talking to Ty this week, and he said, he said one of the things I love about cowboying is somebody might call it this, and another might, person might call it this, and they may seem like polar opposites, but actually they're saying the same thing because the terminology that Ty likes to use... Hang on a second. Y'all have just witnessed exactly how I rope. Amen. I need to be microphone collected. <laughs> it felt like a spider was crawling up my, uh, my ear and that was freaking me out. <laughs> so uh, I'm still feeling it. You know what I mean? It's like when you find that tick on you. You ever found a tick on you and then the rest of the day you're like, what was that? What was that? What was that? But anyway, I was talking about, you know, Sean says disengage the hindquarters, which nobody's disagreeing with that. What that kind of means is, you know, being able to move the back end of your horse this way or that way, whichever way needs to be done. And I was talking to Ty, and he, he kind of laughed, and he said, well, I love it that Sean calls it that, but I call it not 
disengaging the hindquarters. I call it engaging the hindquarters. And even though disengage and engage may sound like they're opposites, whenever you're talking about collection, they're kind of the same thing. What it is is getting that back end in a position where you can do something with it and harness that power. Now, I had also made the statement that I was not a horse trainer. I've never claimed to be a horse trainer, but upon further review of this, I believe that I am. Because if you would like your horse to run down there and go on his front end, bring him to me. Any horse trainer can throw some 11s down if he's worth his salt, but it takes pepper to put colons. I'm your man. $1,500 a month, we'll put him in training right now. Okay? But that's me. And, and you know, where I was raised in Texas, and, you know, this is not... This is not about Texas, it's not about Colorado, it's not about Wyoming or Montana or wherever you're from. Um, this is about just kind of the culture and everything. In Texas, there wasn't a lot of horsemanship. Now, where I was, there are some great horsemen from Texas, okay? I just wasn't raised. I was raised, you know, if you want to break a horse, you throw a saddle on, you cinch it up, you get on it, you ride it till it quits bucking, then you open the gate and you go. Just the way we did it. I didn't say that we were hard on them or jerked their bit through a mouth or anything like that. We took care of our horses, but there just wasn't a lot of horsemanship involved and everything like that. And, you know, I, I could do stuff with my horse. I could cut cattle on my horses and everything, but everything was on the front end. If I needed it to go that way, I pulled the reins this way. And then I gigged him to move that way. And then if I needed to go back this way, I pulled the reins this way and we went over this way. It was a pretty simple concept for a pretty simple rider. Now, I could go out there and rope, and if I needed to stop, I could pull back on the reins and he would go, <laughs> like a champ. Professional, I'd have got tens. Dally up or tie on hard and fast. <laughs> Sometimes I wondered, were we, did we just choose everything wrong and do it that way? <laughs> Probably. A lot of it was just taking the easy way out, you know? But I always, you know, whenever I started learning from, from all of these guys that I always mention, and, and we learn from each other too. It's not just a one way. The passing on of knowledge is never just one way. I guarantee you, if you want to learn something, teach it. Think about that. If you want to learn something, try to teach it to somebody because in explaining it, sometimes you learn something even with yourself. So anyway... My point is, is that before, I just worried kind of what the front end was doing. Everything was involved with the front end. But if you want to get a horse collected, when I first saw a horse collected, it just kind of, whenever I'd watch Ty and Jared and Sean and, and these other cowboys, when they'd lift on those reins just a little bit, not pull on it, just lift on the reins, that old horse would stick its head right down like that. And I thought, well, if I want to get my horse collected, I just got to make him walk with his head pointing straight down. That's not it. Collection, they told me, they said collection starts in the back and works its way up to the front. So the first thing, and we talked about it last week, is how to disengage that hindquarters where you can get it ready. And this week, we are going to talk about engaging your hindquarters. In other words, get your butts to doing what God told you to do. Engage your hindquarters. There's a biblical basis for it. Let's make sure. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Does that not say engage your hiney? Get your butt to doing what he told you to do? Because, you know, okay, there's, there's a funny story. My oldest best friend, I don't mean in age, I'm talking about in lengths of years. There's a little picture of us. We're like four years old. Both of us got cowboy hats on. JW's on a tricycle. I'm standing there with my cowboy hat on and an AR-15 toy machine gun. It's just the way we were. When JW got married, it was one of the great, it was in Rio Dosa, New Mexico. Rio Dosa is pretty. Till I moved to Colorado, Rio Dosa is not that pretty. Compared to West Texas, Rio Dosa was pretty. And so anyway, we went up to Rio Dosa and it's the day of the wedding. And all, I'm in the wedding and all of the buddies are there and we're having it at the wife's grandparents' cabin in Rio Dosa. And we're all sitting out there and it's about 6.45, having some coffee. Life is good. Life is real good. Y'all ever been to a wedding and had that one overbearing person that tries to tell everybody what to do? There was one of those individuals at this wedding. And this lady happened to be the bride's grandmother. Now, she comes walking up and she tells the father of the groom, she walks up there, in amongst everybody, no, how are you doing? No, good morning. She walks in there and points her finger at him and says, you go get some ice at the store and turns around and walks off. Well, I'm waiting for the wreck. (laughs) Do you know what? Me and Ty figured out that I think that we are mature adults now. I don't know when it happened, but at some point, there is a fine line that you get to an age where you don't get nervous about the wreck. You start grinning and watching it happen. (laughs) Yes, this is going to be good. What are you going to do about that? You know, you kind of giggle them a little bit. Hey, did you hear what she told you? She pointed her finger right at you. He sat there with his cup of coffee and his cigarettes. And he said, as she walked off, he went, okay. And he sat there. And he drank his cup of coffee and he smoked on his. He really wasn't smoking it. It was lit. But, I mean, he was just. His only son was getting married that day. And so, anyway, about 20 minutes later, here she comes. Didn't I ask you to go get some ice? He said, yep. She goes, I need you to go get some ice. Do you understand me? He said, yep. You understand that we need ice and I need you to leave right now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, go get the ice. Yes, ma'am. She turns around and walks off. He gets him another cup of coffee. (laughs) About an hour later, we heard her coming and felt the heat off of her before we ever saw her. I'm all about seeing a wreck. I'm starting to get nervous now. This lady is plumb mad. I don't know what an actual wall-eyed conniption fit looks like, but I was about to see. Maybe some of y'all have experienced that before. Maybe some of you have have experienced it firsthand. You've thrown one of these wall-eyed conniption fits. But she came up there and she goes, You get up and you leave right now! You go get that ice. He goes, okay. And she turns around and she stomps off and he gets up. And I said, you finally going to go get that ice? He goes, nope. All this talking's got me wore out. I'm going to go climb in the back of my truck and take a nap. He never went and got any ice. Not one time. And I said, you told that lady that you go get ice. He said, no, I didn't. She asked me if I heard her that she wanted me to go get ice. And I said, yep. There's a famous preacher named Francis Chan, and I, 
I don't know that much about him, but, but I do like one of his illustrations, and I've said it here before. It's been about three years ago, but uh, he said, isn't it funny how we read the Word of God? And he said, let me give you an illustration of what we've all been guilty of at some point. He said, if I tell Griffin, my son, if I tell Griffin to go clean his room, he doesn't go down to his room and then come back and say, Dad, I prayed about what you said. That was good. That's good stuff, Dad. <laughs> if I tell Griffin to go down and clean his room, he doesn't come back later and say, you know what, Dad, I've been really praying about, about cleaning my room. You want to hear me say it in Greek? I can say it in Greek. Griffin doesn't say, you know what, Dad, I heard what you said. You want me to clean my room? I have invited PJ and all of my friends over, and we are going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> can you imagine what would happen on a ranch if the cowboys are there and the boss walked up and he says, you know what, I need y'all to go gather the bulls. We're going to start pulling these bulls off and stuff like that. And the cowboy said, okay. And they never go pull the bulls off. And when the ranch manager comes back, he says, didn't y'all pull the bulls out? We said, well, we prayed about it. We had a study on what it would look like if you pulled the bulls off when you told us to. Uh-uh. And as funny as that is, why can we laugh at that and then turn around and do that with God's Word? Because that's what James chapter 1, verse 22 says. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, I mean, let, let's think about this. You have to understand that when it says do what it says, we are not bringing back the law, okay? Where you have to earn your salvation, where you have to become in right standing based on what you do. Because this isn't about what you do, it's why you do, okay? We do what the Bible tells us because that's the way to freedom. That's the way to blessing. Not because we do something to earn a blessing, but God says, man, you're just going to fall naturally in my blessing when you go down this road. He's not blessing you for what you do. He's blessing you for doing it the way he told you because the blessings are just lined up. Think about, you know, those... Uh, we, whenever we were coming back from Delta, we saw this bicycle race. Why somebody would run a, ride a, want to ride a bicycle in the mountains is beyond me. I, it, it just blows my mind, so I'm fascinated by them. But every once in a while, there'd be a person standing there with a, with a cup of water. They would have to be standing there with an oxygen mask for me. And I would be pushing that bike. I'd have left that bike behind a long time ago. I'd have been walking. But anyway, they're, they're on the road, and they're holding these cups out, and the, guy, the person comes by, and he takes a big drink of it and throws it down and keeps riding and everything. That's the way God's blessings are whenever you do it. He's not blessing you for doing it. He's just saying, my blessings are lined up down this road. They're going to happen naturally. It's not because of what you are doing that you're blessed. It's because you're doing it the way that God wants us to. I don't know how else to say that. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Because see, a lot of us aren't getting our hindquarters engaged in the word. Boy, we are talking about it. We are studying it. But you know what knowledge without application is? Posing. I'll show you a poser. That's somebody that thinks they know the way, but they don't act the way. Knowledge without application, you know what that is? It's called hypocrisy. 
And you see, I mean, and, and it, it's everywhere because we are humans. That's not an excuse. That should make us bawl and squall and hit our knees and ask for forgiveness. But when we know what we should do and we don't do it, that's hypocrisy. We've got to start doing what God told us to do. And please, I'm really going to ask this one time, what was God's most often repeated command? Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Do not. I mean, my gosh. And what do we always do? Always worried and afraid. What else does the Bible say? It says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's kind of weird. You know, that, that's one of those passages that I kind of had a... When I say I had a problem with it, I had a, a real hard problem. Uh, a real hard problem. I don't know if that's right, but... Uh, grasping exactly what the Holy Spirit was saying through Paul... And I prayed about it all week, and this is kind of what I felt like God was telling me. Why did I hear it like this? Because I was trying to be spiritually collected. Because I was quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I've been working on that all week. And whenever I prayed about this, he said, I was like, God, you know, that really doesn't make sense in today's day and age. I mean, back then they used polished metal. And so, you know, you try looking at yourself in a 7-Up can, you know, and it may not work that great. So I was like, God, what, what does this verse really mean? What can, what, can I, what can you tell me about it that I can, that I can you know, stick a fork in? What, what can I wrap up? What can I dally on to here, God? And he said, you know how many times when you're at church and you have that really good feeling, you can feel that Holy Spirit coming down and really talking to you and everything like that, and you're just encouraged to get out there and change your life to be transformed, and you're pumped up and you're ready to go, and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, and then Monday morning comes, and it's right to the same old, same old, same old. See, that's what that verse is talking about. When you see yourself, you're like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to be. Right now, the Holy Spirit is working on each and every one of you about something and you're going to get pumped up and you're going to tell yourself, you're going to say a prayer and you're going to go, God, you know what? I know that I need to start doing some of this stuff not because it'll make me in right or standing with you or anything like that, but because I want to go down. I want to start following you. I'm trying to get spiritually collected and you get all fired up and then you go home and then the Broncos play. <laughs> Let me use an illustration that might be better off. You go home and watch the Cowboys play. <laughs> I am a Cowboys fan. Y'all can make fun of me if you want. But if you would like to know what biblical perseverance is, become a Cowboy fan. <laughs> Do you want to know what persecution means? Become a Cowboys fan. I'm still going to be a Cowboys fan just because I'm hard-headed, not because I like them. There you, see that? Amen. <laughs> Holy Spirit speaking through dogs today. <laughs> but seriously, we get all fired up in church and we're like, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go home and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going I'm to not get mad, I'm going to be quick to listen and, and slow to speak and slow to anger and dang it, cowboys, Romo, get up! <laughs> it just happens. It just happens. But why is this important? Why is this important? Because your blessings are going to be capped by your obedience. Think about this, because it said right there, don't deceive yourselves. 
Okay? See, in our bicycle ride through the mountains, a lot of us, we're like, we want the water, but we ain't pedaling our butts down that road. But if you want the water, you got to go to it. you got to take the journey. You know, Jesus didn't say, come and sit on your butts until I come and do something nice for you. He said, come and follow me. When they said, Jesus, what will it be like? And he said, come and see. You've got to obey. You've got to do what you're thinking about doing. We've got to get our hindquarters engaged, people. Seriously. Because, see, some of us are, are going around and we're thinking, you know what? Man, how come is it that Kevin reads promises out of the Bible? How come is it that, that I read my Bible and I don't experience God like he's talking about? Well, it's probably because experiencing God is not before the obedience. It's after it. Yep, Peter didn't walk on water until he got out of the boat. Does that make sense? We don't need to be posers, guys. God has laid it on my heart to move 62 billion gazillion miles away from everything that I thought I loved and wanted to start something different and start something unique and have a group of people, not a church building, a group of people called the church that would get to be, that would get to a point where they could experience God, not just learn about Him, to ride with Him. You can do that, but it's on the other side of that obedience. And I promise you, if you think that is easy, it is not. Because I'm telling you right now, Tuesday morning at 3.30, the Holy Spirit jerked me out of bed and kicked my honey all over the house, left me black and blue. Some of you might have read about it if you go to savethecowboy.com and put in your email address if you got one of them things. Because the Holy Spirit woke me up at 3.30 in the morning and said, you're a very prideful person. And I said, I am not. And they went... What did I say? That hurt my feelings that the Holy Spirit would slap me upside the noggin. And he said, the only thing that can be hurt by criticism or get offended is your pride. <laughs> Growth hurts, people. I'm telling you, when you start doing what God tells you to do, and you know what? When he tells you, don't get offended whenever somebody criticizes you or anything like that, because that's the only part of you that can get offended is pride. Guess what happens the rest of the week? Yep, you guessed it. So it ain't just patience. Don't pray for humility either, or you will get to practice it. But no, no, let, let, let's rephrase that. Do, do pray for humility. Do pray for patience. Man, the only person I get an amen from is a dang dog. <laughs> I'm going to give Mike a, uh, I'm, I'm going to give the mic to Ty, and he's going to stand up here and hold up. Amen. 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 Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the world but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But here, here, here's the last part of this. Listen to this. You want to talk about good news? Don't watch the news. Listen to the good news. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. What perfect law? He's not talking about the old covenant law. He's talking about faith in Jesus Christ and following Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what James is talking about here. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, <laughs> this isn't one of those things uh, that you do once. It's like, that's what God, I listened one time. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. It says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. 
Why? God is not going to bless you, bless what you do. You are going to be blessed for doing what God told you to do. It's like that water illustration. The more you follow Jesus, man, you're not going to have to ask for the blessings. They're just going to happen. And you've got to learn to recognize them. The other day, whenever Griffin went down to Texas and I took him to the airport and everything, we walked up and there was like a 50 billion mile line. Oh, this is going to be great. We walked up there and the ver this, this TSA, SAT, whatever you call them people, ACT, they're, they're standing there. Uh, Paul Blart is standing there. And uh, anyway, we're fixing to go get in line. It's going to be an hour wait. We walk up and this lady says, hey, y'all come on through here. <laughs> Put us in line where we didn't have to take our boots off or nothing. Walk straight to the front of the line. We were out of there in three minutes. You want to talk about some dirty looks? We got some dirty looks. Favor of God. We're not blessed on what we do. We're blessed because we follow Christ. We go down that road and there's another cup of water. There's another cup of water. There's another cup of water. It energizes you to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. Hi, this is Lovey Weatherby. I call myself the worst preacher's wife ever, but Kevin calls me his better half. Confused yet? Well, you shouldn't be. All you need to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and you can find links to our live church broadcast each Sunday morning. Or you can go back and listen to this service or any others that you missed. Did you know my man is the author of four books? You can find them all, as well as sermons on CD, by clicking on the store link at SaveTheCowboy.com. On behalf of Kevin and Save the Cowboy, thanks for listening. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.